When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't, and we're here vibing with you because you are here vibing with us. I really shouldn't have tried to change that intro after all this time because I'm really struggling to remember the uh, new version. But Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I'm doing good. Yankees are six outs away from sweeping the Subway Series um, and getting a split on the year with the Mets. Um, would certainly be huge, but I will definitely just take that win yesterday um, for sure. The Mets are sliding a little bit. Um, that's all right, though. Every team has their ups and downs but we're not here to talk about the Mets we have a lot I do have I do have one thing to say on that real quick though or two things um it is August 23rd Andrew Benintendi has an unknown OPS plus the Yankees still could have had Brett Gardner it is also August 23rd and what he has had a big hit for us in tonight's game so he's probably over 100 at this point but more importantly what I was going to say is it's August 23rd the Yankees are playing the Mets, and this game should have happened on 9/11. No, that is that is definitely true. And um, I, I and I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring it up on 9/11 it's all as well. About, well. And unfortunately, what the MLB did. So there used to be this 
a couple. It was a husband and a wife that would sit down and do the schedule by hand. But then they just replaced them with a computer program. And that took all of the, you know, natural. I don't even know what, what I'm trying to say, but do you understand like kind of what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, taking the human element out of baseball, which is just the common trend of the sport right now. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, well, there's a quintillion different amount of uh, combinations of the schedule. Yeah. And, and, and you pick the wrong one every, every year. single year. That you try this. Look, Look, I understand it's really hard, especially with having to deal with all these big cities that also have other stuff going on in their stadiums as well. Like, trust me, I get that. But I just feel like that the teams are a bit flexible and there's a way to better schedule some of this stuff than having like weird one game series. Like it just made no sense. These two game series this year, just weird. Yeah. And you know, the big thing for me is it just kind of shows that the MLB doesn't care. Like it's one thing to replace them with a computer program and maybe it does make a more efficient schedule. However, those things aren't that hard to circumvent for the right reasons. You can still figure out a way to make the schedule and still have teams line up in certain places. I mean, for Pete's sake, they make the schedule and get the Red Sox to line up for Patriots Day every single year. Why is this any different? If the schedule you originally put together doesn't have this, it's not that hard. It couldn't possibly be that hard to work around. You know, I mean, it could take a little bit of time, but it can happen. It's very doable. So at the end of the day, it just shows that they don't want to put the effort in to get us a fun, engaging schedule. They just want to throw it out there because they know we'll buy it, which we will. And really us complaining is doing serving absolutely no purpose at this point. Let's get on to the first topic of the night then. Walker Bueller will be undergoing his second Tom, or he did undergo his second Tommy John surgery and a repair to his flexor tendon. Um, And obviously ending his 2022 season. um, Will, it's really hard to see him or try to uh, picture him pitching in 2023 since the recovery for Tommy John the second time is longer. Um, Yeah, this is a big blow to the Dodgers bullpen, or sorry, the Dodgers rotation. However, they still have a lot of arms there, and it's more about this sucks a lot more for Walker Bueller than it does the Dodgers. It sucks for Walker Bueller and it sucks for us because, you know, we would have, we would have loved to see Walker Bueller play his full career healthy and give this team a ton. He's give us a ton of, give us a ton of value and enjoyability. What? He's super electric. I, I love watching him pitch. Absolutely. And this goes back to, to our conversation yesterday where Brandon said, which team did you say? Did you say the Braves had the best six-man ro- or seven-man seven grouping? Rotation. Yeah. I just completely forgot about the Dodgers for, for a minute, about their 
like top seven. You take Walker Bueller out of that top seven, and this very well could still be the best seven man rotation. So they don't have anything to really worry about. Question now is the seven man rotation going to be the meta in like five years? Um, or the eight man rotation? <laughs> you see, I don't or see just it that everyone, way. Everyone is at everyone can like pitch one or two innings and that's it. Just everyone's a bullpen arm. When are we going to get to that when there's no starters? That's more what I'm going to say is I think we're going to go and see. The longer we go, the more openers in constant opening we're going to see. Where I actually think, you know, the six-man rotation is the thing now. In the next couple of years, it's going to become more and more prevalent. However, after that, I think we could see four-man rotations become regular. Because, you know, you think about it, we're seeing – the other thing we're seeing in terms of – this flexibility and changing the way things are played on the offensive side. I think the six man rotations counterpart on the offensive side is the amount of super utility guys we're seeing. I think I don't have any data to back this up, but it just feels like over the last couple of years, there are more guys playing a wider variety of positions and there's more high impact guys playing a wide variety of positions. The Dodgers have been a big part of that. And so ultimately you could probably see a world where you're probably running three on your bench instead of four or five. And then all of a sudden that opens up an extra spot in the bullpen. And then if you go down to four, that adds another spot in the bullpen. So you're going to have enough bullpen arms that you can have these guys only going three or four innings a game. And then all of a sudden you can talk very seriously about a four man rotation and just Um, bullpen the whole way through. While I do agree with that, um, don't forget that there is a limit on how many pitchers you can have on your roster. For now. For now. Um, yeah, for now. But I think that Walker Bueller is a good case of, you know, these modern pitchers, while they do have probably some of the best or the best stuff we've ever seen, the stress it's putting on your body is is much more than what we saw from from uh, pitchers in the past. And that's why we just don't see guys go for a lot of innings anymore and why I think there's a lot more injuries in baseball now and in sports now than there was in the past just because we're, we're really pushing the – the uh, body to like its absolute limits in sports um, at the end of the day, especially these professionals, you look at a sport like the NFL, like when you think about that for season after season, you're really pushing your body to do something that it probably shouldn't do. Think about how unnatural it is when you first start trying to throw a baseball, right? When you first started throwing it, but then you eventually get the hang of it. Now imagine doing that literally tens of thousands of times during your career as a pitcher. Eventually your arm is just, it's just not natural and your arm is going to give out. Um, Every pitcher at some point has had 
even if it's been for like a few days, has had trouble with their arm. You can't tell me that there's been a single pitcher that's never had any sort of arm pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain, any of that. It's impossible. Yeah, no, you're right. It is impossible. And, you know, it's something that we're not really – baseball doesn't get credit for the situation it's in and the position it's in with that stuff, partially because they were the first to get here. I see pitchers in baseball now as very similar to Zion, where Zion is the first of a breed, and it's a breed that's probably going to it's going to come, become increasingly more prevalent in basketball of guys that are just too athletic for their own body to handle. Like the non-muscular parts, the, non, the parts that aren't necessarily growing with the same fervor that the rest of the guy is aren't able to physically keep up with everything going around. And that's the exact same thing with these pitchers. You know, th- you don't see five, 10 years ago, you're not seeing this many guys throw a hundred as are right now. And that takes all this extra muscle that takes all this extra force. And yeah, it's just, it's tearing through arms way too quickly. And ultimately, you know, that's not something we can stop. Like once you've, you let that out of the bottle. It's, it's a part of the game forever now. Like there's, I don't think we could or should take that away, but that's hurting both the product on the field to an extent in terms of offensive capability and player health and being able to see the players out there long-term. I mean, if we saw guys throwing an extra, even just on average a mile an hour less right now, not only are we seeing better offense because you know, the the human eye can only catch up so much to something it, it can't you can't train your reflexes to the same extent that you can train your muscles you can't you can't um, you can't turn on a ball and react to a ball thrown at you as quickly as or as easily as a pitcher can throw i'm spiraling here and i know it but i'm going to wrap this up here because it's just, you know, if we weren't in this situation where we were throwing things so hard, we'd be on a more f- fair playing field. We'd have better offense and we'd keep these guys who'd still be just as good in relation to the rest of the pitchers in the league. We'd be able to keep them around longer. That's not something we can change, but in the hypothetical world where we could, I think the game would be better off. All right, let's move on to the next topic, and that is that um, Fernando Tatis Jr. and A.J. Preller, the Padres GM, they had a press conference this afternoon um, where Tatis announced that he will be undergoing shoulder surgery, um, his left shoulder. Um, Remember, this is the shoulder that caused him problems in 2021. Um, however, you know, he did return in pretty short time, both times he was out. I think he ended up playing still over 130 games in the 2021 season, but look, you know, we heard about, this was the injury that was, that was keeping him out at the start of this year to begin with, right? Yes. Um, no, that was last season, right? So this, yes, right. So this was, so it was the wrist this year, right? The wrist was this year, yes. 
okay, well, now there's still a problem with the shoulder as he's getting surgery on that. However, it's not going to affect him to start next year. Um, he's going to, so he missed the final 48 games of the 2022 campaign. So he'll have 32 more games to serve after the regular season, unless um, the Padres make the playoffs. Those games count on the suspension. Correct. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. I mean, if they play 10 or 15 playoff games, you're talking Tatis is back by May next year. Either way, with, again, the way he's been, do you even want that? Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm of the situation where as much as, first off, all right, let me amend my statement. You 100% want that. You want to be playing 15 playoff games. Like, if you're the Padres, you 100% aren't – you're not making your playoff strategy based on how early we can get back another guy next year. You're going out there to win every single time out because you don't know when you're going to be able to get back to that point. But in my head, I don't think the pressure's there for Tatis if I'm the Padres just because this guy has struggled so much to stay healthy in the first place that will we – Will he be able to stay healthy for a full season after this is a big question mark. So by giving him more time to rest, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing when it comes to coming off of this. Yeah. Um, who knows with him? Uh, I, I'm just excited to see him back on the field because when he was playing, it was quite um, – might I say, like, transcendental what he was doing compared to other players. I mean, you're talking like an eight war per 162 games that we've seen out of him. Um, Really, really impressive. But we've talked plenty about his setbacks and how we both feel about that. But let's move on to kind of a big topic here. The... Los Angeles Angels owner Artie Moreno has announced that um, they're going to look into exploring possible sales or a a possible sale of the Angels. Um, You know, Jeff Passon tweeted, this is a big story because Artie Moreno is the most hands-on owner in the MLB. He's forcing the Angels' hand in a lot of the moves that are being made um, in free agency. And he wants to spend his money a certain way, and he's going to tell the GM, whoever it is, exactly who he's going to be getting, which, um, spoiler alert, has not worked well um, for the last, I guess, 10 years now. So it is in the Angels' absolute best case for this guy to sell the team, make your billion-dollar profit or whatever it's going to be, go give your kids, 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 kids money to live forever um, and just, you know, piss off, dude. Like, let, let's, let's get some new people in here who can actually fix this franchise that has so much talent that's been just absolutely wasted. Yeah, this is kind of 
I think a fair comparison here is kind of um, James Dolan, if you're looking for another situation. Oh, I, I just J- – James Dolan is the worst. Yeah, the only difference is if James Dolan was in L.A., no one would know about it because you know, it's just so – again, it's this West Coast issue, this West Coast bias. The, the fact that there's so many less people there and so many – so few baseball people out there that these types of narratives kind of get brushed under the rug. But this type of control, that's something that we've only seen in very few other places when, especially where it hasn't worked out. So you're right. Honestly, you hit it right the nail on the head there. It's in their best interest. Bring somebody in who wants to invest, but doesn't want to micromanage, you know? Honestly, I think Steve Cohen's done a decent job of as much as oh as much of a loudmouth he can be, he's done a really good job, I think, of finding that balance where he wants the team to do well and he wants certain things to happen for the team, but he doesn't force his force the hand and he understands that he's not the best baseball mind in the situation. He's w- more than willing to, you know, I think certainly the general management the front office management has more than enough say on what's going on with this team and how they go after things and he's plenty realistic about that also it feels like buck showalter probably has more control over what goes on on the field than at least you know i'd say it's it they're at least top five in terms of management manager control Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. It's also nice for Steve Cohen. Um, while he does care so much, like all the owners care to an extent, like not John Fisher for the A's. He doesn't care, but some owners care. It's also nice when you can literally have the highest payroll in MLB history as well. Um, that's, that's that's showing you care. Thing. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful thing. But um, Let's also talk about this in a uh, another light to pump the brakes uh, on this whole idea. Let's not get things too hyped up about this because it's this isn't a situation like the Mets. Even again, I don't know why they've turned no. into the yeah no no we gotta yeah easy big angels are no no Mets no and I don't know why they turned into the comparison but it's a very similar case. You're not gonna go out and. You know, even if this is the biggest Angels fan in the world with loads of money in his pockets, you're not able to turn this team into a winner overnight. There are a lot of flaws with this group that, you know, this is going to still be, I think, until they're really competitive, it would be another four or five years with good management, putting them on the right track. This is a full reload cycle for this team. Whereas the Mets, the Mets were plenty good enough plenty talented enough and we we can see this based on the fact that the majority of at least their offensive core has been on this roster for a hot minute like this is a very much a homegrown group and the difference was they didn't have the leadership to guide them in the right direction to getting over that um taking that next step up until recently all of a sudden now you've got cohen in and he's not been afraid to make the big moves. He goes out, fills those couple needs in, and 
that was the extra piece to take it over the next step. That's what a man, that's what a new ownership group can do is they can give you that next step if you're almost there, but they're not going to be able to turn this team into an instant winner. This isn't a two year project for them. This isn't, this isn't soccer where like, you know, you, you got Newcastle getting these big money owners and all of a sudden they can spend a bunch and start building up into a situation where you can reasonably see within two, three years of this new ownership group, they're going to be competing for the top four. Like that's not the type of thing with baseball or with any of the core four American sports. That's not the way they work. The parity systems in it don't allow for that. So this isn't an overnight change. All right. Up next, we have a quick little thing about Martin Maldonado. He has reached he reached the vesting option threshold in his contract, which was ninety games, um, on on the season, um, and he'll make four and a half million dollars for twenty twenty three. Um, just turned thirty six. And he'll be back for his sixth year with the Astros next year. You know, we did uh, make fun of him quite a bit as his his hitting and his, his defense were off to a pretty rough start at the beginning of the season. But um, he's since picked it up a little bit. At least he's playing up to the standards that we're used to seeing out of him. Um, and from everything that you hear all the pitchers love throwing to him great clubhouse guy and just a guy that it makes sense for the Astros to want to keep around regardless of the price I mean to the Astros that four and a half million dollars is literally nothing because to them well in war he might not bring them even that much value the all the stuff that's not uh, calculated into that he brings them way more than that four and a half million no you're 100 right on that yeah this is a situation where you know i think the story the outlook of the story is very much dependent on the last month or so you know if he hadn't turned it on since the all-star break we'd be looking at this or more so the astros would be looking at this and saying you know, if he doesn't vest, there had to be question about bringing him back. Like, with how poorly things were going at the time, you have to at least explore outside options, even if the guys do like him. But now things have settled, and it went from being a potential disaster story, whether he vests or not, to being a feel-good situation where you know you're going to have this guy with the group for the next year. Yeah, um, and, you know, we see a team I, – I actually think that the Astros and the Golden State Warriors are a pretty good team-to-team uh, -team comparison just because they, they choose to keep around the same core even though they are getting older. They, they're like, yeah, like we have some young guys that can, that can definitely fill in, but – we're going to stay good with this core for as long as possible. We're not going to do what the Cubs did 
and just com- completely blow it up. We'll just kind of ride with them till it doesn't work for us. And I love that. And like, that's the one thing that I can definitely admire about the Astros. Again, it's, it's amazing thinking of the time, the spans of time that we're even using this comparison. Like the fact the, the, the fact of what the Cubs did is just still so unbelievable com- considering everything involved because this is an excellent comparison in terms of age. You know, this neither of these teams are necessarily, honestly, they're probably both would have been in their athletic prime right now. The Astros and Cubs, if they were still together. But one team went th- about things the right way. The other one is currently third and 17 games out of their division at this point in the season. But before we get... Oh, we're going to get to them. We're going to get to them in just a second. But first, we have to talk about another former Astro real quick. Yes, Carlos Correa. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner um made some comments today that he wants to stay with the twins long term um however lj i didn't see the full thing of his comments he's still going to opt out after this year right or or no no um i don't think he i don't from what i saw it was very inspiring unspecific or non-specific is what the correct word would be there right now i see myself playing for minnesota for the minnesota twins for a long time and that was asked in in terms of the astros too so you know this is one of those scenarios where i think you have to if you're carlos Correa, just to do your due diligence because of how poorly the free agent market went last year you might be able to get a few extra dollars out of Minnesota to stay if you go into the market and, you know, maybe Trey Turner sets the market higher than the market was set last year. And you can get an extra half million, extra million dollars off of that and get, still get the long-term deal from Minnesota that hundred percent works out. Honestly, the reason I was so excited to talk about this was because my favorite part of the free agency stuff isn't just reacting to all the deals, but interpreting them afterwards. How many different takes have we had about each of the major free agents this year? Like it it just is a constant depending on the, the form of both him and the team changes very much as you try to figure out what the full picture is from the outside. What was it exactly that these guys were looking at and looking for in these deals in the exact terms And the more you hear him say this type of thing, the more it starts to make sense. And the more I love this deal and hope that it becomes more common in major league baseball. Basically what he did here was he was, he did a trial run. He did the same thing 
that so many guys do where they get traded to a city midseason and, you know, they ha- at that point have to decide whether or not they want to stay. Yeah, after that season is when they have to make that decision, of course, but they get to live in that city for at least half the year and be in the, around that fan base for at least half a year and see how well it works out first. That's not a luxury that most free agents get when they move teams. You know, if you're chasing the bag, you're going wherever you can get the money, and it's usually going to be a very long time that you're stuck there, whether you like it or not. And so effectively what this Correa deal does is it removes the Pablo Sandoval's of the world where, you know, he had no real experience of Boston before he got there, but they gave him a lot of money. So of course he was going to go like he'd be dumb to turn down that type of cash. But then all of a sudden he gets here, he hates it and it starts to affect his play because he didn't want to be here and got so checked out to baseball. That's why as soon as he got back to San Francisco, he started playing so much better and looked more like what you'd expect an aging Pablo Sandoval to look like. You know, you affect your legacy, you affect your own mental health by putting yourself in a position where you don't want to be. Correa saw that, said, all right, I'm going to go to Minnesota. I'm going to get as much money as I can for this, this year. If I don't like it, I can leave at the end of the year. If I do like it, I can stay. And even if he didn't like it, let's say hypothetically he hates being in Minnesota, living in Minnesota at this point on, I think he still doesn't have that same issue where you just crash and just get so mentally checked out that a lot of these guys who get into bad positions do because he knows I can go out and get a new contract next year. I can go somewhere else, find another place where I'm more comfortable but my skills and my money will only be marketable if I show up. So that keeps them engaged. Knowing that they can leave keeps them engaged. Brandon is having a fit over something that's happening in these games right now. Brandon, I don't know how that's not a strike. Oh my. All right. We got three still the Starling two, two outs. At bat. Yeah. Three and two, two outs, top of the ninth. Starling Marte at first and third. First and third, Mets are down by two. Clark Schmidt on the mound. And the pitch fouled off. Yeah, um, I am. This is so stressful for no reason. Clark Schmidt's going to have 60 pitches. We got Wandy Peralta warming up. but What's the point of having Wandy Peralta warming up at this point? You have the tying run. I actually know there's still a point. Never mind. I was thinking it was a one. Tying runs on first base. Tying runs on first base. So there's a situation where, you know, when Starling Marte hits this next double, um, it's still a Home stadium is standing. Hold on. I'm going to give a little play-by-play. And Schmidt deals ball four. You got to be absolutely kidding me. There is no way. And now here comes Boone. And now we're going to put in Wandy Peralta. All right. Well, well let's get on to the NL ch- change. Did you have anything else to say on that? I just think no, this is the ultimate. You, you, it's a great move for both Correa and the Twins because they get to lock up their guy long term. Fantastic. And he and like you said earlier, he gets to play somewhere where he wants to play. Yep. Um, yeah, it's the best of both worlds. I'm now. I'm all for guys. 
going out, chasing the money, getting the bag and the long-term and security. But if you want to ensure happiness, this is the way to do it, not the other way around. And it's the same with Jose Ramirez too. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to be going through the NL Central, which LJ, unfortunately, um, is very top-heavy. So I would assume we're going to spend about 80% of the time on these top two teams. Does that sound about right? Um, yeah, or do you want to just start with the Cubs? Because I think they're the only interesting team here. Like, what, Why don't we just get, get the other three out of the way? The other, so you want to start with the Cardinals? No, let's start with the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you got on the Cubs, LJ? They're 53 and 69. We actually talked nice. about them a little bit. They just, they have a few guys that I like Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ. Um, I do like the Fran Mill Reyes signing. Seiya Suzuki's not bad, and then a Nico Horner's kind of been their really underrated uh, stud this year. But the pitching is, oh boy. Yeah, this is a bunch of guys who, as I said yesterday, outside of their core, I would say outside of like five players in their lineup, the rest of this team is a bunch of guys who are basically the replacement level player like they're not good but they're not bad enough that you notice like on pittsburgh and pittsburgh and cincinnati both are made made up of a lot of players that are bad enough that you notice they're bad and are like this group's a hot mess chicago their numbers as a team aren't good but generally you don't feel that bad about them because each one of them shows some form of competency. That's kind of where I'm at with this team, which it's not a bad place to be. It's generally watchable baseball. It's not necessarily enjoyable baseball all the time, but it's much more palatable than the Reds and Pirates could be sometimes. Yeah, no, um, I completely agree. Shall we move on to the Reds? Um, we can move on to the Reds. All right. Um, a few a few things with the Reds. Um, Jonathan India, yo, dude, like, I love you, and like, this is a great. You had a great twenty twenty one, but I was expecting more out of you. Like you and Kyle Lewis, you go win Rookie of the Year, and then just kind of flat since then. Um, but he's certainly a good piece to build around. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, I do like Jonathan India a lot. Um, I think you've hit with Nick Lodolo for the pitching. Um, he's looked pretty sharp in the starts he's had. Um, yeah, not a, not much else. Um, the bullpen. Uh, Edwin Diaz is, I think cousin um oh thank god that was foul that when George said but I think it's Edwin Diaz's cousin Alexis Diaz 
he's been like lights out for for the Reds. He's been easily he's probably been their best pitcher on the whole staff this year. It's been really good. Yeah, this is again. I think you've got it right here. This is a group that went from one of the more interesting experiments of competitive baseball last year to this weird waiting point where yes you can clearly see they're starting to move towards the young guys but they haven't gotten to that point and once you're in that irredeemable stage I think that's is that fair to say it's this stage where it's like you find very few things to really hang your hat on because there's so many of these veteran guys like you haven't gotten to the point where you're all in the youth movement yet you haven't even gotten to the point where you're finding the bargain guys from the wire for wire that make big differences for you. You're at a point where you don't like you have kind of just a bunch of veterans with some young players and not enough room to go find those high value guys. So then you just end up kind of sitting in this spot where they're not the worst team in the league, but they're certainly not anywhere close to sniffing the playoffs. And it's a crappy place to be, but you have to be there to get to the next stage. Get that. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Yanks. Oh, that's so nice. And I'm still at two. I'm still at 0-2 with a foul ball. What's yeah. going on? Just a nice little fly out to end it. Um, very nice. Um, I did. We did also miss another very important story here from today, Brandon. Number five prospect, Gunnar Henderson, will be making his major league debut tomorrow. This, of course, is something that not only every baseball fan should be excited about a third baseman, 21 years old. You know, this is your team's top prospect right now. Now, thanks to Adley Rushman graduating from that point. But this is an exciting spot to be in because you have gotten through, you've gotten not only past that spot that since he's in, but you've gotten through that next stage. Now you're seeing the youth start to really show fruit. Everyone should be excited. And I think Baltimore fans are speaking exactly for the level of talent that this guy has, because I've never seen Baltimore Orioles Twitter so electric as it was all day today as people kind of started to see mathematically, this is the time that makes sense. And then the report started coming out that Gunner had not traveled with the team today. He didn't go with the AAA team. I, don't, I forget where they're playing, but he hadn't been traveling. And so everyone was ready to hear this news. And then it came about 11 today, 12 today, that he'd be coming through. And this is just, it's, it's a good sign. This is a hyped-up guy, deserves the hype so far, and I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah, this is a top-five overall prospect in the MLB. Um, Really interested to see, and he's so young. He just turned 21 a month ago, so um, definitely we'll be trying to check some of that out. And just looking very quickly at his um, minor league stats, there's one thing that really jumps out to me, and it's how, you know, he went from and took such a 
jump in terms of learning curve going from 2021 to 2022 shows he's really a student in the game who wants to work hard for it and figure it out. I mean, he had a generally unexciting offensive numbers last year goes from a 147 weighted runs created plus on the A level dips down to about average on the high A level and then really struggles in double A for the limited time that he was able to get up at the end of the season comes back in double A this year and absolutely dominates you know there's not that much of a difference physically between a 20 and a 21 year old so most of that comes to him from the mental side and learning the game and so that really shows me you know no matter how well or poorly this season goes next season is going to show even more improvement upon that. Like this is a guy you have to let have that learning curve and then he's going to run with it. All right. Well, we're on to the pirates, I believe. Um, There's five players that I like on your team. um, And that's about it. I like Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes, uh, O'Neill Cruz, and JT Brubaker, uh, and that's about it. Are you kidding? Did I miss Man, someone? What about Tucapita Marcano? Oh, uh, yeah. I easily, mean, one of the, easily one of the most fun names in the league. One of the most fun names. Also, I mean, the Pirates do have a good farm system, but I, I just any, – any of the pitchers I just doubt are going to get turned into good, good – like an actual good starter. It's amazing how long the Pirates have just been kind of doing the same thing for. You would think that, like, they would see what the Orioles have done with all their prospects, and it's like, oh, like, we don't have to just, like, have them play bad for us and then trade them away and be good. Like, we can actually try to do something, and they're they're trying, but... Well, the the difference there is entry-level investment, you know? I have to think this, these numbers aren't something that we're privy to as fans, but I imagine that all, almost all of the money that the Orioles saved on payroll over the last several years probably went at least a good chunk of it back into their player development and scouting. You know, this is a group, an ownership group, a franchise that really cares about the, its uh, city and cares about the product it's putting out there. That's why they've, they always before, as much as they can only spend so much based on their market, always spend that much. And they're proving more and more as we go forward that they want to build a winning product here. Pittsburgh, I can't remember the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates genuinely looked like they wanted to spend money in any way, shape, or form, meaningful money in order to win. You can bring up as many prospects as you want, you're right. But and it's not just a mentality thing where they've just decided, all right, we're not going to turn the corner. We're not going to try to compete for a playoff spot. They haven't, they haven't decided to spend the money that it takes to keep multiple generations of this team around. Like if you can't af- decide to bring back the best parts of this year's class, then the, the group of guys you're going to have coming in next year and the year after, you know, when, really this uh, when Henry Davis's group comes in all these guys who are on their fourth year of eligibility right now are going to be on their way out the door because this team doesn't want to re-sign these guys. You can't have any momentum 
when you shuffle them out that fast. You need you need to be able to at least re-sign your own team. I feel like that's that should be that should be the baseline here. All right. Well, should we jump to the top of the NL Central and go over those two teams? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, the Cardinals are at 70 and 52. They lead the NL Central by four and a half games. Fangraphs gives them an 81% chance to win the division and a 93.7% chance to make the playoffs. Um, this is quite the unit that they got here. Uh, the lineup is nasty. They have the best corner infielder uh, combo in the league by far. Both are MVP contenders. I think that they could finish 1-2 in NL MVP. That's Paul Goldschmidt and uh, Nolan Arenado. Um, you got Albert Pujols coming off the bench is one of the best platoon hitters um, in the league right now. It's one of the best platoon splits. You've gotten some great production out of Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, Lars Newtbar. These guys have come through for you. And it's actually crazy, but your best lineup right now might be with Tyler O'Neill on the bench, which is who LJ and I ranked as our top left fielder in the league heading into the 2021 season. Um, the Cardinals are nasty. Let's not forget they just traded for Jordan Montgomery, who since being traded to the Cardinals has been the best pitcher in the league, and it's not even close. He has shoved night after night, or uh, in, the four, in the four starts he's had, he shoved. Last night, nine innings, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Uh, against the Cubs just it makes no still makes no sense why the Yankees would get rid of this guy but what a pickup for the Cardinals who really did need pitching help and they got that um this is a team that knows they're good they they know what happened last year it's a lot of the same guys and they're out for revenge in a team that I do not want to face in the playoffs um that's for sure this team did precisely what it needed to at the deadline. Not anymore. It could have, it had the opportunity. There were moments where it looked like they might do a little more and would have even helped their case better, but you certainly can't complain with it because a lot of people had a lot of doubts, a lot of skepticism about this group. Even, even we're talking three weeks ago, people were questioning them, but a good strong run of form comes through health comes through and them going out and getting these two pitchers Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery have been massive because all it took was just one good run from the rest of that group and all of a sudden you have a more than legitimate starting rotation all all five guys here you're not going to really complain about the worst pitcher you have in this group right now is Dakota Hudson who has a 4-3-3 ERA that's really nothing in the grand scheme of things when it comes to when it comes to your fifth starter, that's darn good. And Jordan Montgomery, this is another guy who, you know, we're talking about being the best since he got traded, was a darn good pitcher before that, you know, easily is a major impact player for this team going into the season if he was on this team. And that's that's how it the narrative on this team so quickly changed from being a team that needs a lot 
to be able to win, but might be able to scrape by competing for the division to the clear division front runners. This is a team that already had their offensive core was already settled there. And it was a very reliable group of guys in there who, you know, they don't really taper off. They don't have a lot of cold stretches, the best, the best of this group, but they find a way. And if you support them with a good enough pitching staff, they're going to be able to find a way to put up the runs required. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with the Milwaukee Brewers. They sit at 65 and 56. They're four and a half games behind the Cardinals for first in the NL Central and sit just outside of that third wild card spot, one and a half games behind the Padres, who themselves are only a half game behind the second place Phillies. Um, Look, the NL wild card, uh, it's just really down to spots two, three, and four at this point. The Braves have pretty much locked in that number one spot, whether it's going to be them or the Mets um, to be the number one wild card in the NL. Um, And San Francisco is far enough out of it that it's really between Milwaukee, San Diego, and Philadelphia for two of those three spots. And right now, the Brewers sit in third of those three teams. The Josh Hader trade is starting to make a little sense just because he's pitched bad and because uh, Devin Williams and the rest of the bullpen that you've traded for has looked good. Um, However, I feel like it's the same problem with this team every year, LJ. And it's that they're good and they pitch good. But do they do anything good enough to beat a playoff team? You know what I mean? Like, they're a really good baseball team. But when it comes to the big stage, are they going to hit at an elite enough level? Are they going to pitch and execute at an elite level to win? Because we haven't seen it in the playoffs the last few years. We just haven't. No, you're right. We have not seen, we just haven't seen them hot. It's just, they've never, they haven't managed to peak. And sometimes that just happens. You know, you're going to have plenty of years. Atlanta was certainly a very competitive team for plenty of time before they won. And they won with arguably their worst record of the teams that made the playoffs or of the years that they were looking good. I just think this is, it, it, it's a point in time where I think your schedule is going to be enough, I think, to get you in. If you're the Brewers, like I would say that they're probably, I don't have any percentages in front of me, but I guess they're more likely to make it at this point than San Diego is based on scheduling alone. Strength of competition, strength of division alone is going to be able to push Milwaukee in, but they have other bigger fish to fry. What they have to figure out is how to get this team synergy working in the right manner. You know, gain that synergy in the, in the lineup that they can continuously push runs across the board and make things work. Honestly, I would have much rather them go out and get a hitter than moving on from Josh Hader because we can't sit here and act like Taylor Rogers has been anything special since he came over either. But ultimately, you know, 
I think the Brewers could have done the same thing that I think the Padres will end up doing with Hader, which is now would have been a very nice time for them to give Devin Williams some closing opportunity, let Josh Hader get right, and long-term he's going to be able to figure out that value. I still wouldn't say that they necessarily even won the trade, but either way, they still have they have a lot of developing both within those bullpen roles and within the lineup roles to figure out a way to make it a postseason group because it's not just about everyone getting hot. It's about the team working together to get themselves hot. That's how you stay hot in this game. Well, LJ, I don't think I have anything else on, no, the, on the NL Central. Um, thank you for listening. I will be back at college on Thursday. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. And um, yeah, we'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Winner.